This is Contra Radio from Contra.Scot. Welcome, dear parishioners, to the Sunday Sermon. If you've been enjoying these weekly monologues, which I've been able to keep regular recently, do consider supporting their future by becoming a subscriber at patreon.com forward slash contoscott. And don't make me pass the collection plate around the congregation twice. The generals have returned to European politics. Rejoice. Rejoice like you are one of the authoritarian liberals at The Guardian, who are cock-a-hoop at the election of a former NATO general to the presidency of the Czech Republic. Peter Pavel was more than a NATO general. He is the former chair of the NATO Military Committee, the most senior military spokesperson for the entire alliance, and number two in the military alliance's shady and unaccountable hierarchy. He played a key role in both the disastrous 20-year occupation of Afghanistan and the 2003 invasion of Iraq. He was one of the loudest trumpeters of the phony propaganda alleging non-existent Iraqi weapons of mass destruction. So all those celebrating this victory, as a knock to another warlord, Vladimir Putin, have fully embraced the moral double standards which are such a part of a chauvinistic worldview. And now here the Guardian scribes practically soil themselves with excitement over this infamous warlord. I quote directly, Pro-Western Peter Pavel sweeps to landslide when in race for Czech presidency. And the stand too, quote, Champagne flows as former general defeats billionaire populist rival Andre Babis by largest margin in the country's history. I get the feeling someone was at the champagne writing this article. With a screech of revivalist joy, the article proclaims that Pavel will now ascend to an office rich in symbolism and moral authority. The whole tone is fanatical and he nods to straight reported right out the window. Pavel's rival has experienced, quotes, a humiliating rebuff. He stood accused of running a shameless scorched earth campaign after portraying Pavel as a warmonger for his support of military aid to Ukraine. Ah, now I think we understand the frothing. Yes, it's another victory for the Guardian's favoured camp in the War of the Worlds. What's striking in this and so many other reports is the lack of journalistic interest in domestic policy questions. Indeed, Pavel and Babish, his rival, are both representatives of the centre-right Christian democratic tradition, but tilting apart on the question of how to respond to the war in Ukraine. For Western journalists, Central and Eastern Europe, the Balkans and the Caucasus, are a renewed bloodland. They only exist for geostrategic purposes. Its countries are chess pieces in a new Cold War. On a bad day, and from Ukraine to Serbia and Kosovo, Azerbaijan and Armenia, Georgia and South Ossetia, there are already plenty of bad days. The peoples of these regions are just the human material of war. Meat for the grinder. That's the present dispensation. What about the past? From Hungary's Admiral Horthy to Poland's Marshal Pilsudski and Greece's Colonel Papadopoulos, the record of military statesmen in this part of the world has not been a happy one. It has generally worked as a barometer of the deteriorating conditions for democratic and civic life and the growing threat of major war. Because I spend too much time on social media and reading liberal journals like The Guardian and The New Statesman, 
I can already hear the sorts of spurious objections and superficial readings so common in those corners. No, Pavel being merely a former general isn't very encouraging. As stated, general itself is a bit of a misnomer. He isn't so much a soldier as an apparat in Europe's bloating and overreaching class of transnational governance. For most of his life, he has been immune to civilian oversight, let alone democratic elections. If you've been the kind of dolt who reflexively rejected the concept of a deep state, I'd abandon that reflex now, because Europe's transnational deep state is increasingly arriving in national politics. I've no interest in imputing the democratic decisions of Czechs. They chose NATO's man by a clear majority, and I've little difficulty imagining the motivations for such a choice, especially given the other options. One of the idiocies of contemporary debate is the assumption that if one regards oneself a democrat, one must always not only recognise majority opinions or votes, but agree with and congratulate them, and then butt out, stay in one's lane and so forth. Typically, this is a subsidiary claim attached to the most asinine forms of identity politics. Thus, Ukrainians are always right about Ukraine, unless they are part of the substantial minority who have traditionally opposed NATO or EU membership, Czechs are always right about the Czech Republic, unless they take to the streets to oppose war, as they have quite frequently in recent months. In general, various ethnic and national groups possess some kind of mystic racial knowledge about what is best for them, so long as this accords with the attitude of Western liberals. Some Slavic peoples, by comparison, are always wrong. Consider Serbians and Russians. They get the flip side of race positivism. Detached from the source of moral progress in the West, they have sunk, we are told, into some kind of Asiatic depravity. The Polish citizen, who opposes abortion and gay rights but supports sending tanks to the Russian front, has tapped into some ancient seam of racial wisdom. By comparison, the Russian who opposes abortion and gay rights but supports sending tanks westward has only confirmed the essential wickedness of his kind. The common themes are the new fixations of the Western liberal left. Race and violence, blood and iron. There's a creepy occult feel to a lot of this. Liberals, yesterday's laid-back cosmopolitans, have rediscovered the magic of the land, its unbreakable continuity with the blood of the people, the fatalism of ethnic essentialism and civilizational war. How could there ever be peace between the Slavs, a bifurcated people, one side embodying Eros, the other Thanatos, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll, one-time general and now President Pavel, will now take his place as head of his nation, right in the middle of this worsening crossfire between the NATO powers and Russia. Or he will, as the Guardian so hysterically put it earlier, ascend to moral authority, like some sort of prophet from scripture. The mood Muzak from his campaign indicated that he would save Czech democracy from the populist beast. Is that what warlords do, no? This war is placing enormous strain on Europe's already weakening democratic traditions. The return of the generals does not bode well. Want more like this? Subscribe to Contra Radio on our SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up to our regular newsletter at contra.substack.com and find great articles and more at contour.scot. We really rely on listeners like you to help us grow. In return, you get access to exclusive content and events by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash contrascott. 